Welcome back to the Brantley Method. This is more than just a recruiter. I'm extremely excited to bring our next guest to you today. This whole second season is about highlighting guys that have taken advantage of their opportunities and made the most of the situations that life's afforded them. And I'm really excited to share with you the story and the journey of Coach Larry Blunt. He spent the last couple of years at Drake. He did a phenomenal job there. Uh, and now he's currently on staff with one of my favorite head coaches in college basketball, Coach Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State University. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about his background in the intro because we're going to get into that and why you know I find his success um, and his path and journey so intriguing because it aligns with a lot of the experiences that I've had. So excited to, to share the stage with him. Um, excited that he chose to, to join us. Um, and, and I never take for granted when a coach says yes. So that's big time for me. So I appreciate having him here. Without further ado, Coach Larry Blunt. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate the warm welcome. Um, and again, going back and doing some digging and, and getting to know you and your past, man, it's, it's really ironic how we have a lot of parallels between football and, and obviously AAU on the EYBL circuit. So I, I appreciate you taking time to have me on. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, you and I have talked before and, you know, I've learned a lot from you just in, you know, I remember we had a chat, um, you know, a couple months back and, you know, seemed like the conversation lasted forever. We just, cause we both long winded guys. Um, and, and you were at Drake at the time and, and I just learned so much from you. So, you know, for those that don't know you or don't know the name, um, obviously this is that that first experience at, at the high major level. Um, so for guys that don't know who you are, haven't heard your name, how would you describe yourself? Who would you say, who's Larry Blunt? Uh, just in, in, a, in a short, you know, kind of synopsis or elevator pitch, as they say. <laughs> well, I just think I'm a servant. You know, I think and, and I know in our conversation, which I really enjoyed, I think it's easy to have conversations and they last a long time when you're really passionate uh, about helping people. And that's who I am. You know, I think this game is really unique. Um, I think it's it's the great neutralizer. It gives people from all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of walks of life, um, you know, races, you know, socioeconomic stance, standpoints and from different places in life. It just connects them. And I just enjoy being able to use that game to help people, you know, to help connect people, to help people continue to advance their life. And, and it's just, you know, for me, it's just about being a servant. Absolutely. And that was one of the first things that we talked about. We talked about um, giving back and being there for the kids and doing everything for the right reasons, uh, doing everything with intention. Uh, and, and automatically I, I was I was drawn to you and drawn to your leadership. And as I did more research and got to know you more, found out that, you know, your background, you know, you you were a college football player like myself. You you played at James Madison University. You won a national championship there. Um, and then, like you said, coached at, at the AAU level. But, you know, more importantly than that, and we'll get into some of that, but talk to me a little bit about how your background in football, you know, prepared you, you know, not only just you know, the, the competition background, but the leadership and, you know, winning national championships and how that's helped shape and mold your, your career moving forward in basketball. I think it was a, a unique perspective, you know, for me, um, you know, being on a, in a football setting. I mean, I've had experienced the high highs and the low lows. Um, we had a lot of success in high school, which ultimately led to a scholarship. And I think there's a different perspective when you have when you're, you know, kind of one of the guys that everyone knows you're kind of the face of it. 
um, and then going and, and actually my story is really unique. I started at a division two and I grew four inches from the end of my freshman year to the to the conclusion of that. I, um, I was 17 years old and I played a whole season at 17. When I turned 18, I went from 5'11 to six foot four. Um, and I went to James Madison. I didn't have as much success. And I think that's a perspective that's often overlooked in the sports industry. Um, so a lot of times I can lean back on those experiences and, and, and relative to basketball, everyone knows and cares about one through eight. Um, but nobody really oftentimes spends as much time or cares about nine through 13. So that experience, amongst many other things, really helped me. Uh, a lot of people don't know I was a part of that team. And uh, the second game of the season, I quit. It's the first and the last thing that I've ever quit in my life. Um, and it was the hardest decision. And, and just throughout that that year, um, I had great relationships with the coaching staff. I had great relationships with the players. And obviously, I stayed in touch. Um, but that night they won that national championship. I wasn't there and, you know, we didn't have FaceTime there, but a lot of people called and text and, you know, they were down in Texas and I'll just never forget that. And it's kind of really shaped my passion for helping young people. Um, and it's really helped me to understand, you know, that it's, it's often it's bigger than ball because all of us think that at that point, when you're young, you're in your formative years, you think you're going to play professionally. And I think there's just way more to the experience and, uh, for me, that's really shaped my path and my coaching style moving forward. That's big time. You know, I think that you know, I've had that conversation with people in the past of, you know, you learn more from your your mistakes, from your failures, from, you know, those moments that, you know, everybody always says you, you never want to live with regrets. Um, and you know what? I think that if you live long enough, you're going to have some sort of regret. And the way that we keep ourselves from dwelling in that regret is by utilizing that not as a loss, but as a lesson to to the lives of others. Um, and you've obviously done that. You know, you've had those conversations, like you said, you know, not just focus on one through eight, but having the conversations with nine through 13. And I think one of the, the, the pieces of your journey, you know, having worked at, you know, obviously EYBL, all those guys are high major guys, right? For the most part, you know, they're, they're going to be division one basketball players, but you know, you've spent time. Um, and, and you know, the reason why I'm, I'm touching on this, the Brantley method is all about three pillars, motivation, education, and inspiration. You know, I want to motivate people, inspire them, but not only do those two things, because I think that you can get inspired and motivated by anything. But then from there, educate and give them the tools and, and, and the ability to reach their goals, utilize that motivation and inspiration to be successful. And you're one of those guys that, you know, you never you never got tired. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, when I look at your career, when I look at your experiences, you know, you've coached at the Division three level, the Division two level. The, the prep school level, the, the, the uh, EYBL level, then the Division One level, and now high major basketball. So for somebody that, A, is just getting started in the journey, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of motivation and inspiration that can come from you. But also to somebody who's, whose path has gotten a little stagnant, who's hit a little pause, and maybe they've been in it for four or five years, and they're like, man, I don't know. Like, I'm not where I want to be. There's so much that you can bring to the table. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, your journey through those different levels and how that prepares you for the opportunity that God's blessed you with now. Well, I, I think that's the key. I mean, you spoke and I never will apologize for my faith. Um, as I've looked back over all of those steps, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be taken. 
And I can remember vividly, I was in my fourth year of coaching or starting the fifth year of coaching division three at Hamden, Sydney. And I was with a really good friend of mine, D Vic. And, you know, I'm there and I'm frustrated. You know, I, at that point, while you're a division three guy, you didn't have the, the luxury of the day period. So you could go out and you could get to know everyone. Um, I was volunteering at the same time while I'm coaching D3. I'm, I'm volunteering with the with at that point, Boo Williams on the e, um, EYBL. I'm helping Keith Stevens with some of their elite camps, you know, just running and trying to do as much as I can because I wanted to advance. Um, but as I look back up on that, you know, one of the things I did was I stepped out on faith and I moved to another country. And I always laugh, you know, if, if, if I didn't have that opportunity to move to Toronto and, and kind of carve out a new niche or kind of get outside the box, I wouldn't have met my wife. Um, so I, I think the good Lord has a funny way. Like, I think it's two things. One is I think you have to make wherever you are the big time. And I know those years of, of D3, we were in Farmville, Virginia at Hamden Sydney College. I mean, those were the best days of my life, man. We got there, we won, we had a lot of success. Um, those guys got better. Um, we connected a lot of those young men with a lot of the alumni network and 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 it was just, it was the relationships. So I think making where you are the big time, because as you're working and you're put, pouring all you have into it, I think oftentimes the time goes faster and people take notice. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're at D3, D2, if you're coaching professionally, the national teams, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about impacting and pouring to the lives of young people. And you can do that wherever you are. I mean, that's, that's huge. I, I just wrote that down, make wherever you are the big time. And I think that, you know, perspective is key. And that's, I, I love talking to you. I mean, I love doing these interviews because I, I take something away from every single person that I talk to. Um, and I'm, I always find myself jotting something down. But, you know, that's the first time I've heard that make wherever you are the big time. But it makes so much sense. You know, whether you're playing, whether you're coaching, you know, whether you're, you know, you're, you're building a business, building a brand, whatever the case may be. If we spend too much time folks on, hey, we want to get here, like this is what we want, you know, like they say, be where your feet are. So we've got to, you know, really embrace where we're at. And I think that that's awesome to hear. You talked a little bit about the legendary Keith Stevens, the legendary Boo Williams. Um, you've been surrounded by and been around so, some amazing men along your journey. Talk to me a little bit about some of your mentors and some of the guys that have helped mold and shape kind of your coaching philosophy, um, you know, were guys that you could lean on, you know, as you navigated through this this journey you've been on. I think that goes, I mean, it starts at the, the, the nucleus of it is my grandfather. Um, and, and this was during integration time. And a lot of times I know I get tired and we all do. Um, but my grandfather with a seventh grade education, um, he started a bus company from a dump truck and folding chairs that they gave him from the church where he was a deacon. And I figured that if he could take that contraption, I don't even know if you call it a bus, um, but essentially there were in, in Virginia uh, during the integration times, there was pe the, the nearest factory where, where African-Americans could work was about 35 minutes from where we lived. So he knew that to get people to and from work, that they needed a, a, some type of uh, service that would get them there that they could afford. So he took that dump truck I mentioned. He took an awning and a cover, kind of a canvas cover. And he bolted down folding chairs and he picked those, you know, the people that were going back and pick them up at 536 in the morning, drive them and then bring them back at 334 whenever the work shift was over. And he did that with little to no education. And he turned that to the largest bus company in the state of Virginia. 
And I think for me, it starts there. If he could figure that out and he could work hard and he could, you know, find a ways to be creative and, and not find excuses, but find ways, um, you know, that really just stood out to me. And then my father, my mother, um, my father was a coach. My mom was a principal or is a principal. Um, so for me, you know, that was what it was all about. I always, you know, when I look back on my career, I was playing college football and I grew up in a small town. So it was either go work on a farm and have to be there at five o'clock in the morning and pull weeds. Or my mom offered me an opportunity to substitute teach um, inner city school. And when I was there, I mean, I fell in love. There was a young kid that was written off and I'll never forget it. He was trying to figure out how to do long-term division. And that day before I went, he was the kid that everyone kind of said, you know what, man, he's going to be a problem child. Like just kind of ignore him, whatever. And man, we got connected with that kid that day. And he started doing the first one and the second one. And long story short, you fast forward three, four years later, that young man got a chance to go to college on a scholarship. And that was like really cool to me. So it was really kind of where my career got started. Um, so mom and dad, obviously. Um, and then it's just been coaches. I mean, every way I look at my career and I look at the impact that sports have had. Um, my mom and dad, if they wanted to get me to clean my room, all they had to do was say you couldn't go to practice. Um, and a lot of that was because I just enjoy having a chance to be around men that were teaching things that were beyond the, the field, you know, whether it was high school basketball or college football or whatever, you know, I just think every coach that I've been around, I've been really fortunate to take things away that I've, that has shaped my coaching career and shaped who I am as a man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think that you touched on, on something that, you know, I love to highlight, which is the importance of, you know, coaches in our lives, the importance of our parents in our lives. And, you know, like, Again, I mean, every time we have a conversation or every time we talk, I, I something comes in, into focus for me that that you know shows the parallels. You know, my grandfather, um, you know, just the things that he did and how he molded and shaped my life and my career. So, you know, that's awesome to hear. Um, and you took that and you ran with it, right? Like it's one thing to receive opportunities, but you have to do something with that opportunity. And you know, it shows you know, your your experience as a substitute teacher shows the educator in you and why you you're you're so keen on growth and development of student athletes and that leads me right into my next question of you know the point of more than just a recruiter is to highlight that you know black men in this industry uh they serve more than just the role of recruiting and going and finding talent you've done that very well you've gone and you found talent but also taking that talent and coaching and developing and growing them not just within that 94 feet of competition, but growing them in life. Um, two names that come to mind that, that you know, most people would think of when they associate Coach Larry Blunt would be you know, Jamal Murray and Thon Maker, uh, who you have the opportunity to work with there. And, and, and you're, when you say you, you move to another country, you know, your opportunity at Orangeville Prep there. But you've had other pros and you've had other guys that you've worked with and trained and coached. Talk to me a little bit about you know, not allowing yourself to – fit into that mold of being a recruiter and the importance and the focus that you've had on development? Certainly. Well, you know, Jamal and Thon, I, I thank them every time I get an opportunity to, to spend time with them. Um, you know, truth be told, Roger Murray, uh, who's Jamal's father and his mom, Sylvia, um, they spent a ton of time just developing Jamal both on and off the court. And the reality is, is when he got to us, I mean, he was he was really, really talented. Um, and the same thing can be said about Thon Maker. I mean, Ed Smith, um, you know, his guardian, 
um, they did a lot to help those two young men. And when they got there, they were uh, they were really far along. Um, but what I take even more pride in is the the 30 uh, Division One players over three years and the five other guys that got a chance. Or I'm sorry, the 30 Division One players and then the three other guys. We had a total of 30 Division One and five NBA players over a three year period when when we were the head coach or well, when we were coaching at Orangeville. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, I, I think that is what it's all about. You know, I think everyone has a different learning style, um, you know, and, and I think teaching the game and helping those young people, not just on the court, obviously that speaks for itself and they worked hard at that, um, you know, but teaching them what this game can do for them, teaching them, you know, look, you're going to be in college for four years and they're going to take your summers. <laughs> Why don't you get a master's degree? Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to be there and, you know, a lot of people are enjoying the experience that you help them create you know, learn and meet people, get to know people on a first name basis and, you know, make sure that when you leave that place, you have more options than what you started with. So Jamal and Thon, you know, Ignis, and you can go through the whole gamut of guys, Kyle Alexander. Um, I thank them just as much because not only did we work hard at it on and off the court, but I don't take it for granted. I wouldn't be where I am if not for them and their families taking a chance on a program that wasn't really proven at that point. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and you know, I've had the, the pleasure of getting to know and meeting Ed and he's a great he's a great man. Um, you know, I, I've I've watched him and, and I know that, you know, he doesn't deal with too many people. So if if, if he if he's going to send his, his, his boys to you, it's because you've developed a level of trust um, and, and you've shown a, a level of of genuine care and concern for the, the young men within your program for him to say, hey, I'm going to trust you with my child. And, you know, that leads me into, you know, just kind of your growth and your your maturation through your career. You know, your, your last stop last year, you were at Drake, where you had been for the last three years. And each of those years, you guys had 20 plus wins. You know, last year, you made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. So, you know, success and, and well, development obviously is a piece of who you are. It's part of your fabric. As Rashad, um, Rashad Phillips says, we, we were on the broadcast over the weekend and he, he talked about guys having certain things within their fabric. Uh, you know, developments within your fabric, but talk to me a little bit about success, the success that you've you know, been blessed to be a part of and contribute to and what you're looking to do to replicate and continue that success now that you're at Oklahoma State University. Certainly. Well, it's my division one experience. I've been very, very fortunate. Um, this is my sixth year in division one and four of the five years we've won 20 or more games. Um, and a lot of that, you know, has to do with really good head coaches to start with, you know, Reggie Witherspoon at Canisius, who gave me my first division one opportunity. Um, I was really blessed to be in a position where they gave, where I had a voice and I was able to learn and they didn't, put you kind of in the box of, okay, you just go get us the players. I mean, obviously that's a major component is finding players. Um, but they were, they allowed me to be able to grow and make mistakes. Um, they, and moving over to Drake with Darren DeVries, I mean, as well, he was the same. He, he allowed me to be able to learn. He let me sit in staff meetings and, and to have input and, and being here with coach Boynton is just what well, coach Boynton is unreal. I mean, it's just the same. I mean, it's, a staff that shares ideas is a collaborative space um, and, and, and the relationship that he just has with our players. It's you, you can't fake it. Um, it's six in the morning and we lift and we're in there lifting with our players. They lift at seven. 
Um, he's in there before everyone in a full sweat and he's bringing more energy than everyone. He's, he was in there squatting and he was in there talking. So I just think first it starts with trust at all of those stops. I think when people know that you're willing to put as much time in as they are and you're willing to go in and you're willing to not coach Boyne in our first staff meeting, his one or his first rule was we're not going to ask them to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. So I think that equity is built when people know that you genuinely one are going to be are you that you're willing to get in there and do it with them. But two, at the same time, I think that trust is built when they know that you care more about them. You care equally as much about them on the court as you do off. Um, and I think that being said, then they're willing to to, to drop their guard and, and continue to learn with you. And I think there's a saying that goes people don't know how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And I think if you start from there and, and that's kind of your why for why you do it is, is to really genuinely have a concern for the overall well-being of a kid. Then I think you can that they are they will drop their guard and they'll be vulnerable and they'll let you teach them and, and help them continue to learn and grow. And you can stretch them more. Um, and I also will say, like, I think I'm a little bit different uh, for better or for worse. Um, I don't I, I think the days of just yelling and screaming at kids. I think that's, I think that's old. I think it's an archaic way of doing it. Um, and I'm grateful for the three places that I've been. I mean, I think it's been more of a collaborative space where, you know, okay, tell me what you see there. And I think if you can get them to tell you what, what, if you can get them to give you the answers, I think you got something that, that, that has a chance to really grow. And I think people can really improve quickly um, and they can see major growth if they can start seeing what you want them to see versus you giving them all the answers. Absolutely. And you touched on the importance of, of them understanding how much you care. Um, the, the collaborative effort forces them to be bought in, right? Like if you're not bought in and, and, and really believing what we're doing and the mission that we're on and the goals that we have set, um, you're not going to be able to be collaborative because, you know, and you can tell those guys real quick, the guys that are distant or the guys that don't want to, you know, bring anything to the table or don't want to uh, contribute or add anything to the conversation. Or, you know, when you ask, like you said, what did you see there? Or what are you thinking? It's, it's great to hear that from you. And I kind of knew that about coach, uh, you know, Mike, He's he's the type of guy that, you know, every conversation I've ever had with him, number one, has been extremely positive. Sure. Um, number two has been, you know, extremely impactful, kind of like the conversations that I've had with you. You know, I, I leave each of those conversations a um, yearning for more. Right. Wanting to. You know, hey, I look forward to the next time we have a conversation and B, I leave each of those conversations feeling empowered. So I can only imagine, you know. A, being on the staff, but then B, being a player within the organization uh, and walking away from each of those workouts and each of those meetings feeling empowered. We we briefly chatted offline before we hopped on about, you know, the return to normalcy and things kind of getting back moving. And, you know, you, you've been doing a little bit of recruiting, guys are coming on campus. Um, you've had to hit the ground running because you, you've only been there, you know, a short period of time. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, we're headed into the first live period in two years uh, you'll be out on the road for games this weekend and moving forward throughout July. You know, when you go out and you're looking for that next Oklahoma State Cowboy, you know, what are you looking for and what's going to stand out to you, you know, as you're sitting courtside watching these guys play? Certainly. Um, it's definitely been a, a whirlwind as fast and furious. And I'm, I'm thankful to be able to get back out um, to not only see, um, you know, a lot of potential future Cowboys, but a lot of it as well is to see a lot of friends that are coaching colleagues, 
um, AAU coaches that you haven't seen or haven't you know, seen in the last year since the inception of the pandemic. Um, but I, I think, you know, as an assistant, the most important thing is to find guys that your boss likes. And for us, you know, this place isn't for everyone. Coach Mike is a worker. Um, this is a place where you're going to have every resource at your disposal to get better. Um, so for us, I think it's high energy guys that have a, a major or a large work capacity. Um, guys that are unselfish, that are competitors and competitive, um, guys that know how to play the right way. And, you know, I, I think those those things, obviously, you can you know, you want them to be able to put the basketball in the bucket. Uh, you want them to be able to dribble, pass and shoot. But I think it's those intangibles, competitive, uh, hardworking, uh, dynamic type leaders that talk and enjoy. And I, and I think the last piece is guys that have fun playing the game and being around it because, uh, that's important to us. We spend so much time around our guys um, that if it's people that don't have that, the guys that have the most personality, they're the most fun to be around. And we're going to be around them so much. So you might as well find guys that you enjoy being around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on. I know you've got a lot coming up here um, recruiting wise, pre uh, preparation for the season. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you, you know, you think is important in your career, your growth, um, your journey, uh, or anything that you're looking to accomplish here moving forward? Well, uh, you know, I think you really hit, you, you touched on a lot of the areas. And for me, it's, um, I'm grateful that you gave me this opportunity and this platform to share. Um, I love what you're doing. And, and, you know, obviously I know we've had a lot of conversations offline and just your passion for helping people. Um, I really respect that a ton. And, and I'm looking forward to continue, uh, continuing to follow this platform that you're giving for a lot of coaches uh, moving forward. I appreciate that, Coach. And I'll tell you, literally, as soon as we hop off, it's going on my whiteboard. Make wherever you are the big time. Because, you know, I, I've sat back and I can be transparent and honest yeah. and say, you know, there's been moments where I say, well, I can't wait till this is that or, you know, till this rivals this. Right. And, you know, as the Bible says, comparison is the thief of joy. And that'll have you, you know, doubting and not really believing where you're at within your journey and not understanding how far you've gotten and what you, you know, what you're able to accomplish. And, you know, I think that I've, I've tried to I've tried to have perspective and, and identify that along the journey, but never anywhere uh, near as profound as, you know, make wherever you are the big time. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I know it, it helps me. Uh, and without a doubt, it's going to help some coaches and some people along the way that are watching this. And, you know, that's the reason why we do this. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be cheering for your success individually, uh, cheering for the team's success. You know, obviously, uh, you know, I've, I'm a huge fan of Coach Mike and, you know, he's been a great guy and he's been very helpful to me. So I'm definitely cheering for you guys to be successful. And, you know, if there's anything you need from me, I'm right here. Well, we appreciate that. And, you know, we look forward to staying connected and figuring out a way. Hopefully we can get a chance to get together face to face and spend some time not behind a mask and not on a screen. But, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to come visit soon. You always are welcome. My email is Coach Blunt. It's very simple. Coach, one word, Blunt, B-L-U-N-T at gmail.com. Uh, Coach Blunt is all of my Twitter handles and all the social media. I'm not smart enough to run. <laughs> uh, but if I could do anything for anyone, I sincerely mean it. I mean, people have helped me on my path and I wouldn't be where I am without people like yourself that are willing to lend a helping hand. But um, please, if I can do anything, don't hesitate to email or shoot me a message on any of the social media. Um, at the end of the day, it's about us helping people and reaching out our hands. So thank you again for what you're doing and, and the platform that you're creating and, and look forward to catching up here soon. 
Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Sounds great. Go Pokes.